Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. Me and Donnie, we teach entrepreneurship. So after this episode, you will learn some things about entrepreneurship that you didn't consider. And it's going to be really, really good. And you're going to grow. You're going to share this with somebody. And if you're listening, I want you to hit the like, subscribe button, whether you're listening on audio or YouTube. If you're just watching on YouTube, I need you to go to the audio and just hit the follow button, Social Proof Podcast. That is the best way to support us. Yes, yes, yes. You guys will notice that we have a different setup today. That is because we have a bunch of special guests that have joined us from L.A. Let's shout out our studio audience. Round of applause. Energy was light. Energy was mid. The energy was, you know what I mean? I wasn't feeling the energy of a room full of people that are excited to be in this room. (laughs) So we're going to try it one more time. Let's try it one more time. Give it up for our studio audience who is excited to be here. Okay, okay. Yes, now we can podcast. Now we can podcast. So before you ask, my biggest lesson of last week was to be sure that I beat you to the punch and ask you what your biggest lesson from last week was because you never answer. How was that your lesson? That was my lesson. Like last week, I had to really dig deep for a lesson Mm -hmm. and it turned really deep. But then I realized David never answers when I say, what was your biggest lesson? She doesn't really ask me. I always ask. Well, my, so we went to, uh, we went to, we was in Las Vegas. We're in Las Vegas. And um, it was cool, man. It was cool. What I realized walking into the hotel and we're walking through the casino and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like everyone's having a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know you go somewhere and it's like, or if you go to Chuck E. Cheese, the kid, everybody's having fun. Hey. Or some people are walking in the mall and talking, having a good time. Everybody's upbeat. Or you're doing something cool. You're in the gym. Everybody hooping, talking, having fun. In the casino, it's not that vibe. People were mad, stressed out. It was stress. It was focused. Head in hand. Like this. <laughs> so I did not play, but my wife did. And she went to the teller. She went to the cashier and she pulled out a 20 and said, let me get $20 in tokens. No way. 20 bucks. I was not there for this part. I would not have co-signed that. 20 bucks. So she gets her little tokens or whatever and goes to the machine. First thing I noticed on the slot machine, because she's like, I'm going to play the slots. First thing I noticed is that there is an, there is a charger input on the slot machine for your phone for you <laughs> I know if I put my phone on the charger that's signifying I'm going to be here for a minute mm-hmm. and if your phone is dying you'll probably say oh great charger bang I'm there I'll hook it up and if you're playing and lose your money and you realize that you only got 12% what will you do Play some more and play some more and play some more. And I understand that Vegas always wins for the most part. Now, I know some people feel like they have, uh, they're a skilled craps roller. Like, you know how to get the seven from shaking it in your head to all the other side. And you just feel like you're good at it. Or you figured out your own science on, uh, on roulette, saying, I always bet on black. And you feel good about yourself because you black. <laughs> and that's your whole strategy. And you think black always wins, but the casino always wins. It was a guy. And it's like a little bit of a misunderstanding for me. 
I go into the, I go into the, it's an area called, uh, I think it's called High Rollers or High, high Stakes. Roller. Yeah, something like that. So I walk in, I'm not playing, but I want to see the people who's betting big. I feel like I'm going to walk in and get an entrepreneurial principle or something. These are people that are betting big. So I'm at a table. I'm, I'm not at the table. I'm looking at the table. I'm seeing it's chips. It's stack chips. There ain't no ones and fives. It's, it's money on this table. And then I'm, I'm, I, I go to another table just looking around. I'm just observing. And I get to this roulette table and I'm just observing and people are looking at me. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to see what table's hot right now, okay, before I make a decision. I'm not playing. But it was one guy. He puts $100 on black and he puts $100 on red. I don't know if you know how roulette works, but they put this little ball on a little spinny thing. They spin it and whatever the little, wherever the little ball lands at the end, that's what you win or lose. So if you pick 36 black and the little ball is on 36 black, I think it's like 36 times your money. No idea how to play. So if you put up $100 and it lands on that one particular number, you'll make $3,600. Really, really dope. But what's interesting, this guy put $100 on black and $100 on red. Anybody know why they would do that? Like, there, for one, there's no chance of winning because it's either going to land on black or red. If it lands on black, you get another $100 for your black, but you lose the $100 for red. And if, you, if it lands on red, you'd lose your money from black, but you double up on red. So you, you break even. But there's also a number on this roulette wheel. You know what that is? Zero and double zero. So it's a possibility that it lands on zero or double zero and you lose all your money. So you can either break even or lose. This is a terrible scenario. Would you agree? So I go get my friends. I'm like, Donnie, you're not going to believe this. This guy's got to be drunk out of his mind. Because he puts $100 on black, $100 on red, and the dealer says, sure you want to do that? (laughs) <laughs> he's like, yes. I think he, he had to be from somewhere else. He said, yes. And the manager's there. And the manager's like right behind the the, the, the dealer guy. And the manager says, um, okay, there's really no chance of winning here. You could lose. Like, are you prepared to just lose your money with no chance of winning? And he said, yes, I am prepared to lose. I said, Oh, I got to go get my friends. I go get Donnie and Kenny and Dre. And I'm like, yo, you're not going to believe this. This guy is prepared to lose. And I just got my whole, I, I got a whole, like, I have a whole presentation ready in my head. I'm not, oh, I'm going to go Instagram live and say some people just ready to lose. So I'm telling him the story, right? And we come by and I'm like, yo, you got to see this guy. And Donnie's like, yo, is he still there? I said, I hope so. So we walk by, the guy's still there by himself. He's the only person at this particular table. And, and I said, man, how's it going? He said, it's cool. And I said, hey, man, just real quick, you put the chip on black and red, and you can't really win. There's no way to win. Like, why'd you do that? I'm in my interview mode, right? I'm like, why'd you do that? He said, well, it gives me a chance to see what numbers are hot or something like that. It gives me a chance to see what numbers, like, is, it, is black more... Prevalent or red, more prevalent or whatever. And I said, oh, wow, there's a system to it. He's willing to lose $200 to see if the table's hot. And maybe if you lose the money, it helps you have some sort of identification of how he's going to win some money, mm-hmm. which is stupid because it's all random. Mm-hmm. But there was, a, there was a method to his madness 
but his method was wrong. It was a terrible method. Why not just wait until some other people are playing if that's your thing? Let me see. Okay, it's black is hitting more than red. Okay, now I have a higher possibility. The method was just wrong. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs and they do some things that in their head make sense, but makes absolutely no sense. And I get people that are like, they look for validation in their coaching. They tell me all about their business and they're looking for me to say, yo, that's a really good idea. Oh man, this is going to blow. But when I give kind of like the holes that I see, and I'm not saying it's not going to work. And maybe this guy's made millions of dollars doing this. I don't know from my perspective. But some people are just so stuck on validating their idea or they come up with something that sounds good in their head and it's good to tell people about it, but it's not effective. So that was, that was like my, my idea. I was like, dang, am I doing some things where I don't understand the rules to the game? And maybe you didn't truly understand the rules to the game. And we're doing some things in your particular industry, in your particular space, there are certain rules to every game that we have to abide by and know before we play it. So as an entrepreneur, there's certain rules. There's some foundational principles that I think a lot of people tap into our podcast to get this like foundational principles of this game we call entrepreneurship. And we have to listen and uh, heed to it. So that was... That was my lesson. How was your week, man? My week was awesome. I used, first of all, I had an amazing time in Vegas. Yep. We were on a, 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 a group trip and we had a great time. I used Vegas as an opportunity to practice my discipline, to test and practice discipline. Ooh. So on the last episode, um, people would have seen that we had a conversation about whether or not you would gamble and you said no and you stuck to it. You definitely adhered to that. I, on the other hand, gambled, okay? Because I love to go to Vegas and play um, blackjack. Mm. So I didn't get the gamble right away. One of our friends uh, took like, I think the first night, like $600 out and they gambled at blackjack and they lost all their money. In a matter of a good four minutes. A minutes. literal four minutes. Minutes. It's five, six, 600 down the drain. Yeah. I was like, Ugh. They lost like 600 bucks. So I'm watching and listening to the story of how this happened and they didn't stop there. Mm -hmm. They went and got more money. (laughs) (laughs) Like we're going to get this money back. So meanwhile, I kind of come downstairs and I see the, you know, I like to gamble late at night. I like the opportunity to get a dealer by myself and I played the damsel in distress. Like, I don't know how to play. Like, can you just kind of help me? What should I do on this card? Right? I like to sit at the table by myself. So I go to the ATM and my discipline says, my boundary, it sets my boundary to be $300. Mm. $300, I'm going to play real quick and I'm done if I lose this money. So I go to the table and I'm up. I end up winning. I, I take 100 of the $300. I don't touch the other two at all. I get my chips and I end up winning an additional $400. Ooh, okay. So I am up, right? And we end up leaving, going to the room. So now I have $700 to work with. Mm. I have already committed to not touching that 300 original withdrawal Mm -hmm. for no reason at all. No reason. No reason at all. So the next day, or it may have been the third day, whatever our next day of gambling was, our friends, they gamble. I come downstairs. They had already been gambling. And he's like, great news. I want all my money back. Fantastic. Fantastic. Like if I were down $600 and I went all my money back, I'd probably chill, Mm. right? 
That was not the case. <laughs> there is no chill because the adrenaline and everything that's pumping through you, now that you've won this money back, you feel like you're winning, but really you just broke even. Yeah. So you've got this false perception of winning. So we decide to gamble some more. And I say, I am only utilizing the $400 that are profits anyway. So we're at the table together and it's against my better judgment because typically I don't gamble with friends sitting next to me and I don't like a full table. Broke both of those boundaries. <laughs> and we're sitting here and we're gambling and we're gambling and we're gambling. And I'm up, I'm up, I'm up. Then he comes and sits next to me and he's gambling. He switches tables because he's not having great luck. And I'm going down and down and down. In the 400 though? In the 400. Okay. I still have my original money. So I ended up leaving Vegas um, with $100 more than I came with, right? I lost $300 in a matter of like 30 minutes. He, on the other hand, walked away losing $1,100. <laughs> Just did not want to stop. Didn't know when to stop. And um, it's funny because his wife decides that she would start playing. Mm. She's winning. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, fantastic. So you guys aren't down 1100 anymore. You're only down like, you know, 600 And she's like, absolutely not. <laughs> I'm up. I'm up. He's down. <laughs> He's down. <laughs> so, you know, we ended up staying longer than everyone else. And I had the opportunity to gamble some more. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, I could walk away with this $100. It's not a lot of money, yeah. but I didn't lose any money and I still get to walk away a winner or I could risk it all and potentially end up where our friend was in the hole and fighting for my life to get it back. <laughs> so we're walking through. We went to a, a super nice casino. We're walking through and I'm looking at the blackjack tables and I look at the dealer and she looks back at me and raises her chin. You had a moment? I, we had a moment. We exchanged <laughs> eyes. And she's like, hey, I'm ready. I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> I walked away. Oh. And I left Vegas with my winnings and my original profit or in my original withdrawal. And for me, it was an extreme case of discipline because years ago yeah. in Vegas, I am betting it all. Yeah. Like, I am betting it. I'm betting everything. I went with the goal to walk away with $5,000. I said I said that. I'm going to leave Vegas winning $5,000. The old Donnie from like 10 years ago would have stayed until something looked like a $5,000 win. <laughs> this Donnie was happy to walk away with her money in her pocket and 100 bucks. Let's talk about manifestation. Why didn't you just manifest the 5000 I didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what's interesting is manifestation is not just about saying that you're going to do something. There's actually a process to manifesting. And now that you say that, like I literally just said it just for fun. Like I'm going to get $5,000. I didn't visualize myself with it. I didn't see myself with it. I didn't do any of the things that manifestation requires. I'm just popping my, popping my tongue talking and saying, I'm going to leave here with $5,000. I don't even feel like I was serious. I didn't even play at a level of a person who was trying to walk away with $5,000. But you're saying you could have manifested the $5,000. For sure. I could have. Okay. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Yeah. I mean, I manifested not losing. I did see myself walking out as a winner. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 have a, uh, a I, have a, <laughs> I have a perspective, though. Um, and a question. Okay. So when do you cut your losses? Because I think uh, our man Jay, he felt like a winner, even though he lost because he said, I could have lost 10000 mm. but I lost 1100 mm-hmm. One, I think, just to him as a person, there's a certain mindset that you have to have where when you lose, you're always looking at the bright side. I could have lost a lot more. Anybody ever lost a lot more? Like, you, you know, it would have been really cool to stop at 1100 but you wound up losing 5000 mm-hmm. Man, I, listen, I was down 20 bucks. I should have I just stopped at the 20 but now I'm down 300 Anybody relate to that? Yeah. But when do you cut your losses and say, okay, I've accepted the loss? Mm-hmm. And not just in Vegas, but in business. Yeah. When do you say, all right, I'm going to stop pouring money into this business. I'm going to stop working. I'm going to stop grinding. It's not working. It's costing me too much. I'm going to stop and do something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you have to create a boundary before you even start the process. Like decide what your parameters are before you even start. Because once you start, it's easy to go past extreme measures because you don't want to quit. Yeah. Or it's easy to quit quickly because you don't want to lose too big. So I think it's really important to say, hey, you know, like in terms of gambling, I am only going to take $300 out. That is that is the most I am willing to lose in Vegas for this trip. In business, it could be I am only going to spend $10,000 in this marketing campaign. That is the most that I am willing to invest for leads. And this campaign doesn't turn a profit. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I am only going to spend this amount of time. Sometimes you have to negotiate and bargain with other people like family members, spouses, children, and things like that. For me, when it comes to 
taking risks. I'm a high level risk taker. I'm going all in, but I do due diligence first. You know that I ask a lot of questions when it's time to like make a large investment. I have questions. I want to make sure that the decision that I'm making or the risk that I'm taking at least makes sense to me. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to other people. If I can rationalize it in my own head and it makes sense to me, I am going to go all in. But I do have some parameters. For example, three months ago, I invested $100,000 in a thing, right? I wasn't sure. I was just taking your leadership on this. I wasn't sure if this thing would work out. And I kept you know, saying to myself, as soon as I do it, watch, right? <laughs> well, I was willing to test that $100,000 up to a $50,000 loss. I knew that if I approached $50,000, i am taking my money and I am running. I set that parameter before I got in because it's easy when you're in the situation to say, eh, but it could turn back around and go back up. And before you know it, you got $36,000 left. Um, that's, that's just my take on it. I struggle with quitting. Like there, there's no quitter in me. It can't be for... This segues into our conversation very, very well. So on this episode, we want to talk about um, how do you know when it's... Uh, no, what was the... How did you word it? Uh, what, what you should consider before you give up. What you, you should consider before you give up. And so as I was stating, I'm, I'm a, I'm, it's hard for me to quit because the first thing that I consider, number one, mm-hmm. is what's the alternative? Like, what is the alternative? If I am not investing this $100,000 in this thing, then it's sitting in the bank and it has no chance of making any money, right? So what is the alternative? If I am not going all in on my business, then what is the alternative? Going all in on my job? And is that what I really, really want to do? So when I'm looking at and measuring how long I'll stay in the thing, I ask myself, if I quit this, then what? Mm. I also think um, number two, like what we need to consider before we give up or quit is our ability to execute. So my man who lost 1100, I think he realized, yo, this is, it's a, it's a lot of chance in this. Mm-hmm. It's, a lot, it's not something that I can control. But if he was doing a real estate deal or another business deal, he's probably willing to lose a lot more because he understands the ebbs and flows of businesses, the ups and downs. And I know in this particular space, I have the skill set, I have the talent, I have the resources, I have the network to get myself out of this hole. So some of us will throw money at, let's just say, we're going to start this process of, I don't know, building out an apparel brand. And we put a bunch of money into the apparel brand and it doesn't work. I think if, if you have like a strong idea and it's a belief and you're, 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 only, you're only basing your ability to succeed off of your will and not your skill, you're probably continuing to dump more money into it. Mm. And I say we should probably stop dumping money into it and start putting money into ourselves and our ability to execute it. So maybe we need to stop putting money into uh, products and put money into a course to understand how to source products or how to sell products or how to market. Mm-hmm. Because our ability will allow us to go a little bit deeper in the hole because we understand that we have to go negative sometime 
to build out. Yeah. Makes sense? So I think um, it's before you, before you like give up the whole thing, just consider maybe I don't know enough about the thing mm-hmm. to succeed just yet. Yeah. Uh, I think number three, which is an extension of what you said, is uh, consider did I do everything that I possibly could do? Mm-hmm. And this is a big one. This is in your business. This is with your hobbies. This is even in your relationship. We're really, really quick to give up because something isn't working in the moment. But did I hire the relationship coach? Did we try the counseling? Did I hire the business coach? Did I study? Am I only trying to execute based on the person that I am right now? Did I grow to the person that I need to become in order for this to work? Did I ask any questions? Did I humble myself? Did I go to the meetings? Did I do more than the average person does that also ends up quitting? Average people quit every single day. Did I do anything that's above average in my execution, in my research, in my utilizing my leveraging my resources that would put me in position? Like that's one thing that I am super serious about before quitting in anything. I sit down and analyze did I do everything that I could possibly do? Mm. You have a fighter in me, baby. I am going to fight until the death of me. I need to make sure that there was not a paper or a stone unturned before I quit. And again, this goes with things making sense because if you're right on the verge of quitting and all it took was an accountability partner for you to get that piece or all it took was a coach or like David mentioned, it took a course Or maybe it took a different perspective, right? Maybe it took changing the green shirts and only selling black shirts and now you have a hit. I am going to turn every stone to make sure I did it right. And Mm. when you're thinking about that, write out a list and be really clear. What are all of the things that could possibly help me? What are all of the things that could potentially be required? So. When you're in the midst of the opportunity or whatever it is that you're doing, you're not thinking emotionally. You know how it is when something's not working out. Mm -hmm. You're super emotional. It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your money. It's not worth your energy. You're just acting very emotionally and it's difficult to think logically. Oh, I just want to quit. I want to give up on life. I want to give up on this. If you predetermine what all of the possible success pathways are, then in that midst of emotion, you can just fact check. Go to that list and say, nope, I didn't try this. Let's try this before I quit. Yeah, that's big. Like, think, like y'all that are here, just think of the last thing you quit. Can you honestly say you've done everything you could to keep it going? Not even the business. Let's just say a relationship. Yeah. Did you do everything you could? No stone unturned. I, I, I tried and I tried, I tried all. And I think some people take it as I'm trying the same thing. That's it. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm just, okay, the relationship isn't working and I'm just loving the person harder. And I'm going to love harder. And they're still not loving me back. And I'm just going to love harder. And we might say, oh, well, I gave everything I could. Not true. You just tried the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Did we try identifying what love looks like to them? Mm. Did we try to talk to some of their friends to see, okay, what is the real issue? Did we try sitting down with the person to ask point blank, yo, what do you think we need to do? 
Did we change any habits? Did we change anything? Did we change anything? And that's really important because in relationship, in friendship, in business, you will see that there are elements that you have to change. Like, oh, I should have done this differently. Mm-hmm. But then you give it another go and you start doing things a little differently, but you fall back into your same inconsistent or uh, detrimental behavior and you start getting that same result. And then you've convinced yourself, oh, I even changed X, Y, and Z and it still didn't work. No, you changed X, Y, and Z temporarily. Mm-hmm. You weren't consistent at the change that was required, which is why you end up back in the same place wanting to quit. A hundred percent. We have a product and we're like, yo, I'm I'm trying to sell all that I can. I'm pushing it. I'm pushing it. And like, yo, I'm, I'm trying harder. I'm doing all that I can. Every day I go out and I'm selling stuff. But maybe it's the thing that you're selling, not the fact that you're selling the thing over and over again. Maybe... Your work, nothing wrong with your work ethic. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's the product. Yeah. Maybe it's nothing wrong with the work ethic or the product. Maybe it's your delivery. It could be the packaging. It could be the messaging. It could be when you're out in the streets, you don't look like somebody that people want to buy from. You ever like had somebody sell something and you don't buy it because you judge the person off of it? Mm. Someone tried to sell me a t-shirt one time, like their t-shirt brand, but their presentation didn't look like somebody I wanted to, like, have help with my fashion situation for today. I, listen, it happens. Your collar looks crazy. And it gives me this. My shirt was folded on somebody's living room floor. <laughs> I don't. While you might be folding shirts right now on your living room floor as a consumer, mm-hmm. I want to believe my shirt was 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 folded in a warehouse, yep. <laughs> right on a table mm-hmm. that's been cleaned. You got the work ethic, products dope, but when you try to sell it to me, it smells like smoke because you're smoking your car. Mm-hmm. Can you stop smoking long enough to make a million bucks? Oh, it's crazy. Yo, I, these are the, this is the stuff we're talking about, like doing all that we can. We have to, one, most of the time, most of the time it's us. There's something about us or what we're doing that is off. Because if you have a bad product, but people love your personality, you're nice, you're kind, you have the work ethic, even if the product is subpar, people will buy from you. Mm-hmm. You can have the amazing product, but if you have a terrible personality, you get mad when people don't buy, they ask a few questions, you're like, oh my gosh, do you want to buy it or not? Like there's something, there's something about you that people aren't receiving. Mm-hmm. So have you done everything that you can, not doing the same thing, trying to push it harder? So... I would say the next point is, I don't know what point we're on is, we're on four. Um, Who can help me? Yeah. Who can help me? That would be a really, really good question to ask yourself before you quit. Yeah. Because you have an idea. It's like something inside of you that says this is going to work, but you could be doing it all on your own. Or we connect with our friends and family, the closest people to us, and they can't help us. Or they won't help us. And we get mad at them and we say stuff like, well, nobody's supporting me. Well, really, it's like three people that you ask and that's your circle of influence. You say, nobody's supporting me. But what I've experienced is in every issue that I've ever had with business, there's somebody who can help me with that issue. Mm -hmm. And I can't get myself out of that. Mm -hmm. I know it. So I'm always looking for who can solve this particular problem for me. Who Who sees it in a different perspective? Sometimes people come on the Brain Picker podcast, dope product, really nice person. They can't get to the next level, but we'll have a conversation and we'll, we just see it from a different perspective. 
I can help you. And not even help you sell the product, but I'm helping you look at it at a different perspective. Donnie's giving you a, pers- oh, here's the thing. Your, your funnel's broken. You'd have never found that on your own. Your messaging is off. You'd have never found it on your The way things look aesthetically, your gift might not be a presentation of a thing, but it's really good and people like you and it's going well. But sometimes Donnie can say, well, we need to really put this product in a nice box, nice wrapping paper, bow on top, because that's going to sell the thing just like the thing inside the box will. But you can't see it because it's not your gift. Mm -hmm. It's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. And to elaborate on your point before I move to the next one of who can help you, when you're thinking about who can help you, make sure you're going to people who actually can help you, right? (laughs) Not people that you'd like to necessarily talk to. Sometimes you may have to get outside of your circle, for example. Um, Some of us grew up in households where we didn't learn a whole lot about money. We saw our parents struggling to pay bills. Anybody in here can relate to that? Yes. So would it be a wise choice to go to mom or dad and say, mom or dad, how do I create a budget? We didn't grow up in a house with parents who had good budgeting skills. If you grew up in a home with parents who had terrible credit, why would you go to them for credit advice? But Your best friend's father has excellent credit. Maybe go to that best friend's father. Like when you're determining who can help you, it's also very important to identify who's unqualified to help you as well. Mm, And in this case where you're wanting to do more, like, I don't know about you. I don't know about any of you, but at a time I've been in circles of people that I outgrew, right? And I wanted to start doing some bigger things with my life. I wanted to start making some better decisions, but I stayed stuck in the same situations, making the same decisions, doing the, getting the same results 
because I'm still asking these same friends. Like I want to, I want to move beyond what this friendship offers, but right now you're the only friend. So I can only ask you and you're giving me all of this advice. That's terrible advice because you're not even thinking on that level, nor have you experienced it. When you're asking people for help, it should be someone that has experienced something close or significant enough to what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Very, very, very important. You in your own mind can't get the result that you've never had. That's a fact. You can't. You can't. I didn't get to where I am. You didn't get to where you are thinking on your own mind. Along the way, we've taken courses and we've learned to incorporate what somebody else thought. We've we've gotten mentors and we learned to incorporate what they thought. You being who you are right now, where you are in your life is exactly the place that you're supposed to be in because it's in direct in alignment with what you think and how you're thinking right now. If you want to get past that part, we have to start adapting different thought processes. And the best way, the fastest way, the most significant way is to find your who. Yes. There's a book called Who yeah. Not How. I forget the author. Is that Dan? Uh, what's, what's the name? Uh, Sullivan? Is that Dan, was, is Dan Sullivan? Sullivan? Dan yeah. Sullivan. Who Not How. Everybody needs that book. So, oh gosh, did I forget my number five? Is something? Oh, number five. Before you quit or give up, you should consider who else will be affected from me quitting. Mm-hmm. Who else? Who else quits? Who else loses because I decided to quit? And how much is the pain of them losing with you worth to you? Right? So who else is affected? Couple of examples. Some of you may have children. If you quit and you don't continue to pursue your dream, what kind of life does the as is you provide your kids? If you quit, what kind of example do you fail to set for the friends around you that you see so much potential and they need to do so much better and you're that friend? If you quit, do they continue to quit? Who else stands to lose based on your decisions? For me, if I quit and I say the same, if I quit right now, my daughter stands to lose. My mom stands to lose. My friends stand to lose because just simply being associated with me provides something to their lifestyle. My employees stand to lose. If I quit right now, I am affecting dozens of lives. And then not even thinking about the lives of the people who I impact that I'll never, ever get to speak to, but you're watching, you're looking, you're listening, and it's something about Donnie Wiggins and who she is today that's driving you, that keeps you going. All of those people stand to lose. If you quit on life, you know, I hear people say sometimes who are, um, who have survived like a suicide attempt. I hear them say that at that moment, their thoughts are so cloudy that nobody else's pain matters to them. Nobody Mm -hmm. else's pain. They can't think of anybody else. And I'm, I'm imagining that it feels that way, like in business, when you're just so burnt out. I saw a clip from a podcast yesterday and it's going around on Instagram right now. I forget whose podcast it is. It might be academics where this guy says, I have been looking for good people for so long. I'm just tired. 
And I'm and and he asked him like, you you, you that tired that you're ready to quit? And this big grown man just starts crying on this podcast. He's like, I am tired. And I wanted to be in that audience and raise my hand and say, but wait, don't get so tired that you just give it all up. Who else is going to lose? What could you continuing to search for these people that you need in your life? That result, who else could benefit from that? Who can hear your story right now and they're feeling like you and and you're ready to quit and you're justifying quitting for them and they jump too. Mm. They quit too. What if you just keep going long enough to be so powerful and so impactful that a nation of people keep going because of your decision to keep going? That's a fact. I was uh, was brushing my teeth one day and I had my daughter in my hands and I brushed my teeth. You know, like you brush and you kind of spit the stuff out into the sink. She didn't have anything in her mouth, but she was like, <laughs> it was the cutest thing. Like, yo, baby, you, you ain't even got nothing in your mouth. So I take the mouthwash and I start gargling. I start gargling. And then I like, I spit it out. And sometimes I gargle twice. The second time I'll go, I gargle and my baby was like, <laughs> like, I, so I'll gargle. I was like, I gargle and I hold it in my mouth. She's like, Ugh. I'm like, yo, this is crazy. She literally does everything I do. Yeah. Like, if I start clapping, she'll start clapping. I'll call my daughter, Corey, like, Corey. And Sarai says, Corey. Everything. Every If I got down and did some push-ups, right, she would, like, get on her knees, like, just start. She would do her best to try to do what I'm doing. And I really thought about that and how many people's children are watching their parents do everything they do, including quit including get frustrated. You wonder why maybe our child has certain issues in school with anger. It's because when someone cuts you off in traffic, you're yelling at the person. So they're, they're just modeling. They don't, they don't really know. Like she does, I can't say, hey, baby, you should gargle after you brush your teeth. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't get it. But she's just seeing what I'm doing and she adopts it. She doesn't even know that she's adopting it. So I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm always conscious that everything that I do, for one, everything she sees me do, do, I'm very careful because I know she's going to model it. The other side is I'm very conscious about everything she doesn't see me do because you can't hide the things that you don't do for long. It will show up in something. So if around whoever you're trying to influence, you're holding your anger, right? Because you don't want them to see it. But if outside of that person, that's who, how you are, eventually, eventually, it will become who they see you are. You can't hide. So I think quitting is the same. So if you started and stopped and started and stopped and started and stopped and you have children, you are setting them up to be a starter and a stopper. Mm-hmm. Go win. One of the best things you can do for your kids is to go win. Learn a skill set, adopt it, and win. So now... Because we've quit so many times, we can't even give our kids the message that you should never give up. Yeah. Because they see it. They see you give up all the time. You might be a child, 18, 19, 20 years old, and your parent is, let's say, 40, my age, right? We need inspiration too. Yo, you don't know how you inspiring your adults, your aunts, your uncles, your, your parents. I inspired my mom so much to be an entrepreneur to go out there and every every so often I'll have some sort of wins in business and she'll say, yo, you know what? I got to stop playing with this real estate thing. I got to go all in. But if I quit, it'd been okay for everybody that sees me to quit. 
So I want us to really consider it. Yeah. Your daughter would have definitely, uh, she, does, she doesn't see mommy quit too much. And I think like because of who you are, on and off camera, on and off from being around people, she's picking up a lot of you. Yeah. Even like Donnie, she's pushing her daughter. She's grooming her daughter to be the person to run her company. Grooming her daughter. Like, that's how generational wealth starts. Generational legacy. I'm out of making sure it's a generational legacy. Dang, I shouldn't have said it. But anyway, generational legacy. It'll be out before right. this episode <laughs> <rocks>. <laughs> So generational wealth is one thing, meaning I make some money and I can pass it down to my daughter. Yeah. And then, you know, they I teach them how to manage money and they pass it down. But I'm saying if I make a mark in this world, I want to teach my kids how to make a mark. Not to just manage the business or manage the money. I want you to make your own mark in this world. So can we create generational legacy, generational impact, not only generational wealth? Mm -hmm. I think, uh, did you have anything else before I go to my next point? No, go ahead. Before we quit, consider, do I just need a break? Do I just need to slow down? We don't have to quit. Maybe we can slow down. Cool Mm, story. That's like mine. I'm going to change it up a little. Let okay, me think. good. <laughs> okay. I'm driving and it's pouring down, raining. Me and my uh, me and my boy Brandon, we're driving from, I think, Orlando. Pouring down, raining. I'm talking about raining cats and dogs. It's crazy. So we're driving and it's almost like out of nowhere, just, just pours down. So we're driving. We slow down, but we don't stop. We just kind of slow down. But I see cars on the side of the road with their hazards on. They pulled over. And me and my friend were talking like, yo, should we just pull over and wait for the rain to subside? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, nah, let's just, we'll just slow down, put on our hazards, and we'll just keep moving. But they're like, literally, it's that bad. Like, it's hard to see. But there are people, we see people with their, pulled over to the side of the road, flashing lights. So this goes on for maybe, I don't know, 45 seconds to a minute, maybe. And eventually, it stops. Like, where we're at, there's no rain at all. It's almost like like a split screen. Pouring down raining here, no rain here. It was crazy. Like, we get out, I'm like, ooh, oh, man, that was weird. You know what I mean? Like, normally, I, I would imagine it slowing down. But I started to really think about all the people that stopped, and they have no idea that no rain is 30 seconds away. They have no idea. They just see all the rain. They have no idea. If they, slowing down is necessary sometimes. It's okay to slow down. I'm not mad at that. Sometimes you need a break. Sometimes you need a mental break. Sometimes you need, okay, I'm a full-time entrepreneur. Okay, but you know what? Maybe I'm going to stop from 10 to 2 and I'm going to drive Uber. I'm going to go get some money, but I'm not quitting. I just don't have the full day anymore. I'm going to slow down. Slowing down is necessary sometimes. But stopping is unacceptable. Especially if you feel like you're doing all that you can. And it's sad when people like have momentum and they quit because they ran out of money. Don't stop. Just like, let's just slow down. Let's figure out. Let's re-strategize. Let's, let's retool. 30 seconds. You have no idea. Oh my gosh. There's so many opportunities that, have, that are coming to me today from things that I did a year ago. For sure. And they're like, yo, are you still, I, I ain't even following you lately on social media, but do you still do that thing? I'm like, yeah, of course. Of course I still, yeah, absolutely. I, 
I, I can service that. I haven't done a whole lot of speaking gigs, but I'm not telling people I don't, I don't speak. A guy hit me, yo, it was literally, uh, the other day, work-based learning. And I was, uh, I would be a speaker every now and again. I'd just be one of the breakout speakers or whatever. And I kind of just kind of slowed down because I wanted a keynote space. Cause I'm like the, the keynote speakers y'all got, I would kill that. And the guy reached out two years later, yesterday, actually, two days ago. And he said, um, he said, hey, man, we're about to kick it back up. We love for you to be the keynote speaker. He's like, yo, I've been watching all the stuff that you've been doing. He said, I've been following. He said, I, I follow your podcast, all that kind of stuff. And two years later, without me having to ask or promote, but I, I, I slowed down on like on forcing the fact that I need to speak at your event. And I just kept growing, kept growing. And two years later, my man's like, yo, we want you to be the speaker. Mm-hmm. So slowing down is okay. But just don't pull over. Yeah. Just don't pull over. Yeah, it's you're so close to that breakthrough. So is that King Energy? King Energy's here. Hey, I haven't seen you. Okay. In years. King Energy. Do we have a camera for him? Okay, absolutely. So those those are the rules, guys. Hold on, I have one more. What's up? What, what number was that? That was what number was that? Drop an answer. Was that that was five? five? I right. thought I was on even numbers. That had to be six. That was six. Or seven. All right. Number seven or six, whatever this is. This one is so simple and you're going to be like, wow, that's too simple. Yep. But it really, really matters. Are you Before you quit, before you give up, ask yourself, am I hungry? Mm. And I'm not just going to stop there. Am I hungry? And I say that because that's the one that we can most relate to. But the point that I really want to make is, am I physically well? You ever made a really bad decision, like an argument just started? You're driving in the car, you super starving. You're in the car with your spouse or your significant other, and y'all are going back and forth about what to eat. You're hangry at this point, (laughs) and you're ready to just blow the whole relationship. Like, I'm done. This doesn't make any sense. It's a right. I know I have broken up with a person a time or two because of the bad decisions that I made when I was just hungry or exhausted, like I hadn't had enough sleep. Or maybe like the time of the month or something. That time of the month, like the 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 uh, number seven would be: Are you well? So go through a well checklist. Have I eaten? That's really important. That explains a lot. That explains a lot. I I, I give my wife a little more grace. To the point where there's a whole meme that says, don't blame me for the, don't hold me accountable to the decisions that I make when I am hungry. Maybe, have you changed medication recently? This is a big one. Mm. I saw, um, there was was a, a mom who was talking about her third grade son committing suicide. And she couldn't figure anything out about him that's changed other than medication. And she's now suing the pharmaceutical company because one of the, or a few of the symptoms cause like depression and anxiety and you're not feeling like yourself. And the doctors think that this change in medication is a reason why he was feeling so outside of himself that he decided to quit in the most major way. Have you changed medication? Are you drinking enough water? Do you just need to get outside and take a walk? Have you ever just gone outside and hit some sun and you come back and you've got some, you're re-energized. You've got like a new perspective. Like before you consider quitting some uh, on yourself or on a thing, assess 
am I well? Are there, is there a simple thing that I need to do? Do I just need to exercise, eat, drink some water, get a hug? That's heavy. A hug. Do I just need a hug from somebody? Like, do I just need to know that somebody I feel, do I need to feel somebody else's energy? This is really, really important because if you just hug somebody, maybe you'll feel their energy and you're ready to go again. If you just have a conversation with somebody, maybe it'll help your mental health perspective. If you just eat a meal, maybe you're not short fused. If you analyze what you're putting into your body, the medication, the supplements, the whatever, maybe it will explain why everything is feeling different to you. And I'm going to close it with the number eight. How are you going to take my... I, I have to. Because you did it's, seven. It's, it's, look, look, look now. <laughs> I got to close it with a, num- with a number eight. Are you over-quantifying and over-qualifying? Explain that. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. I, kn- I know what it means, but mm-hmm. Reese is going to... Are you... You know what it means, but Reese for Reese for the Reese's in the room. Explain Reese's are you overqualifying and overquantifying? Meaning, are you using language like nothing is working? Everybody hates me. Everybody hates this. Nobody likes it. Is that true? Or the last two people that you talked to wasn't feeling the shirt, but did you forget about the last five sales that you made from people who actually liked it? Is it everybody? that doesn't rock with you? Did you talk to everybody or did you just talk to the three people who were nearest to you? The three people who you just saw today? Is nothing working or is nothing about this one campaign working? And are you forgetting that something about the last campaign actually did work? Like sometimes you can be so down on yourselves, like everything that we're trying isn't working. Really? Well, when we were going to counseling, that part was working, but we quit counseling and we started Mm -hmm. to try to just talk to our friends. That's not working, but the counseling was working. Don't overqualify or overquantify using words like everybody, all people, nothing, nothing, everything, everything. When you think you have to break down those words because the thought that you rest on, the thoughts that you think are going to trigger how you feel emotionally and how you feel emotionally is going to determine how your 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 depth to continue or your depth to quit so watch the words that you're speaking and watch how you're over quantifying when really it was just one person you had a bad conversation with one person and suddenly you feel like it's everybody it's not everybody be clear well two people of the last 10 people that I spoke to didn't like my shirt and my feelings are hurt and I now I got to do some work to figure out why my feelings get hurt when 20% of people didn't like my idea, but 80% did. Are you focusing on the small group of people that don't have your thoughts or your opinions or your likes and you're making them the big deal when you should be focusing on the larger number of things that are actually going well and making it the big deal? That'll keep you going. Did you cut off your eyebrows? (laughs) What? On that side. Really? No, I'm saying because it looks because it doesn't look like hair is there. It looks like a oh, I have microblading. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you guys know what micro <laughs> microblading is? It's a tattoo. Okay, yeah, okay, I, it looks like it. King Energy, go ahead. What's what up, y'all? King Energy, spiritual coach, spiritual healer. Find me. Can we hear you? Hey, everybody. There we go. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? 
King like, energy be having the lowest energy. It's crazy. Yeah. No, my it's energy is high. You want higher energy, man. It's Hold high. Uh, King Energy, spiritual coach, spiritual healer. Find me on Instagram, uh, underscore King Energy. He would show up for this conversation. Right. Listen, <laughs> y'all always have it when I'm here. So yes, it's something going you on, manifested. right? You manifested it or you manifested it. Something happened. Something. And um, I wanted to talk about the point of uh, staying in motion because everything in this universe has to stay in motion or it decays and die. Mm-hmm. So the slowing down part is really for you to reflect because when you're going up the mountain, you have to be very careful, right? You slow down. You're not speeding because one, you don't know what's at the top. Two, you need to make sure your environment is stable enough to handle your motion, right? To handle your flow. So um, speaking about the, you you said something about uh, the third grader committing suicide, right? Maybe the parent wasn't slowing down. Maybe she was just moving so fast. And when it was time for her to slow down, she's like, no, I'm not slowing down. And missed that her child was missing something. Mm. So you have to appreciate the, the fast pace, the slow pace, and, you know, just the whole motion in life. I actually feel, yeah, I, I, I do feel that too, man. Um, you could be moving so fast that you just miss so much. Yeah. In the daily hustling, bustling, grind. And I recommend, man, especially as an entrepreneur, we need to take a day to like just figure out what's going on yeah. in the business. Because you start moving. So every day we have a call now at uh, at 9 a.m. where it's not like we're all working and making calls. It's us analyzing what's happening. Let's just slow down to see what's happening before the day starts. And then we can go execute on the thing that we figured out what's supposed to be working, what's not working, what is working, things of that nature. So um, really good point. I think, thank you so much. King thank you. Me, one I last thing. I knew it because he was, he was, he was waiting there still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just one last thing. Get, your, get always, your bars off, man. Always have I'm just saying, <laughs> even for me, one last thing, um, when I feel like I'm getting too much clients coming in and uh, I slow down because I am a father first of my son and he lives with me. So I take time out to make sure I'm on pace with him, making sure he's meeting his goals and not just me meeting my goals. So, yeah. sure. Appreciate it. Give him, give him a round of applause. Anybody got any questions? I do have one more, but anybody have any questions as I close it out? You can just go to the mic. Um, number nine, which I'll close out with, is... Uh, I thought I closed out at eight. Nope. Okay. Let's just identify why we're doing what we're doing. And it's possible that the reason that we're doing the thing that we're doing and it's frustrating, we don't have any passion, is because we decided to do it because someone else either suggested that we do it Mm -hmm. or there's some influence on social media that we should be being an entrepreneur and that's not for everybody. Sometimes you just need to add value to an organization and you can get the same results back. So we really, really got to just spend time figuring out why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. Why are we in this game? Sometimes we'll figure out that the reason we should be doing something is to be getting better as a person and it has nothing to do with the thing that we're building. Yeah. We might start a hobby, right? It might be, I don't know, uh, putting puzzles together or something like that. And most people say, oh, 
when you're putting puzzles together, you need to make it a business, shoot a tutorial on how you put puzzles together and then take it on the road and do events where everybody puts puzzles together. And really, the reason you're doing that is for your own mental health and stress-free. I need to sit down and figure, like, let my brain work. That's the reason I'm doing this. Yeah. But some people will force you to do certain businesses because the thing that you liked is uh, stress-free for you. And it's relaxing. And it's almost like therapeutic. But we turn the thing that was therapeutic into something that stresses us out, stresses us out more. Mm-hmm. Because we're chasing what social media said is cool. We have to start a business. But I think really identifying why you're doing what you're doing is very important. Yeah. Very important. And if you see that, if you identify that the reason why you're doing it is for one of these reasons, like outside pressure, and it's not something that really brings you joy or peace or is serving a purpose, then I think it is okay to just stop and quit. Mm -hmm. There is a time, like this conversation shouldn't make you feel like quitting is not an answer. Sometimes quitting is an answer, not ever on life, but on a thing, on a project. If you're doing something because you saw, you know, if you're starting a podcast just because you saw me and David doing it and it looks easy, but you get into it and this brings you no joy, no pleasure, no satisfaction. In fact, it causes you more stress, more heartache, more pain. Quit. Do something different. Do something else. When you think about why you're doing it, it has to be for a reason that brings you joy, satisfaction, fulfillment, happiness. Or serves people in a way that brings you one of those things. What's that? What's that? What you got? All right. Uh, hey, everybody. My name is Maurice. Uh, my question is: So I realized first that y'all, uh, you said that sometimes your children can inspire you. I had this conversation with my mom last week about like how she does a bunch of stuff that where she would want to be won't take her, and I think it might have struck a nerve. Yes. And so I wanted. She said what? <laughs> Yeah. My yeah. So and so and we have a lot of uh, good conversations. So maybe that was a little too far on my end. I wanted to know like what is the what is the time where you should do more doing instead of like trying to like inspire? Because I think I try to inspire like my like family members to do better and instead like, of just doing the letting. That's why it inspires doing it. It's doing yeah. it. Not teaching, not speaking, not motivation. Go build something. Yeah. Okay. That's the best inspiration ever. Because you'll like. You'll start teaching somebody something and you feel like you're giving them a good message, but in yeah. their head, they're like, I don't want to be where you at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. That's yeah. it. Hey, That's have true. you noticed that this group of young adults and teenagers are like a whole lot braver than we were as kids? I think so. Like he said, I told my mom that like, I see you doing a whole lot of stuff, but it's not, you ain't doing nothing that's about to get you where you're trying to go. I would never. My mama would have knocked all of my teeth out. Do you hear me? (laughs) She might not have done that, but I definitely would have been on punishment. However, (laughs) I respect it because it's a conversation as an adult. And as I've gotten older, I've had conversations with my mom. Like, why'd you give up? Why'd you quit on that? Like you could be doing X, Y, and Z. And I think those are conversations that we in our generation and, and before were really scared to have because of the respect that we had with our of our with our parents. But I think what you did was great, obviously saying it in a respectful way. But if you want to encourage any family member to do something, do it, do it. You got to do it first. You can't inspire me to do anything when you're doing nothing. You can only inspire me to do something by the greatness that you've produced. Yep. Good stuff. What you got? 
How y'all doing? My name is Sir Gates, a podcast entrepreneur. So my question for you guys is kind of a two-part question. Um, first, have you got either of you guys had a business model that you had to fold a tense on? And secondly, what are three signs that an entrepreneur should look out for to know when it's actually time to fold a tense? Outside of just quitting because of motivation, but just three things you guys have noticed over the, your, your journey in this path to when to fold a tense on a business model. What's up, podcaster or soon-to-be podcaster? Get ready to level up your podcast game because the number one podcast education summit of the year is back, and it's bigger and better than ever. I'm talking about the second annual podcast summit happening on July 4th and 5th in the content creation capital of the world. You already know, ATL, baby. Atlanta, Georgia, going down July 4th and 5th, two full days. Imagine this. Imagine you getting all the game you need to take your voice, your brand, your your business to the next level. Imagine getting all the insider tips. Imagine getting all the know-how that you've been craving for the last two, three, four years where you're talking about you're going to start a podcast, but you haven't yet because you don't have the tools, you don't have the tips, you don't have the tricks. I don't care if you're just starting or you're a seasoned pro. This summit has something for everyone. Picture you mastering the basics of setting up your podcast or unlocking the secrets to grow your brand on social media. We're not just talking about podcasting here. I'm talking about you want to build a long form catalog, whether it's skits, movies. We got people talking about script writing. This is an incredible experience. Imagine, imagine discovering the art of securing these lucrative sponsorship deals. And that's not all. Learn the ropes of creating a pitch deck that has sponsors knocking down your door. But oh, wait, 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 wait. There's more. This isn't just a summit. This is an experience. I'm telling you, rub shoulders with industry leaders and you got to network with the other people that are doing what you're doing. All the guests that have ever been on Social Proof Podcast, I'm giving them a free ticket. And in exchange, they promise me that they're going to sit down and do short interviews with you. We got podcast booths for our VIP members where you can sit down, pull somebody to a side and you're going to create content in real time. I know what you're thinking. How do I get a part of this podcasting paradise? Well, it's simple. All you have to do is head over to podcastsummit.com, grab your tickets now, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because I have something really, really special for you. I got a little treat for my early birds, people who take action. The next 20 listeners and only 20 listeners who get your tickets right now, okay? I'm not only going to give you 20% off of whatever ticket level you get, you get 20% off, but if you use the promo code Big Deal. It'll take 20% off immediately, but I'm also going to allow the first 20 people t- listening to this right now to be able to bring a friend, bring a teammate, bring a partner for absolutely free. You get general admission, they get general admission. You get VIP, they get VIP. Whatever ticket level you purchase, you get to bring a friend, partner, colleague, boo thing for absolutely free. Nothing extra required. My team's going to reach out to you, get your partner's name, or if you don't have the person you no, right now yet you got time no pressure you get us back but use that code big deal that triggers to let us know you get to bring someone for free so don't wait so you secure your spot at the number one podcast education summit in the country join us july 4th and 5th in atlanta let's turn your podcast dreams into a reality y'all head over to podcastsummit.com use promo code big deal at checkout and get your tickets now don't miss out on the opportunity to take your podcast to new heights take your brand to new heights take your business to new heights with this unprecedented offer okay i'll see you at the summit and don't forget to use promo code big deal mm, um 
I think a lot of people, maybe one of the answers is when you fall out of love in it with it, but I'm telling you, you're going to fall out of love with it every day when it gets hard. If you're building something and it, it, it just, it just feels like it's not working and you're exhausted and it's, it's, it, it, it's rough. That's sometimes a sign of you growing and we need to grow through that. Yeah. So, um, I have, in my experience, I haven't really quit a whole lot of things, but I'll be doing a lot and I'm, I'll kind of like put something on the back burner to focus on something else. For instance, I was doing a lot of in-person workshops last year. I'm like, well, I don't, it's not like I'm, I'm quitting events altogether, but I'm looking at where the income's coming from and where I want to go. And it's like, well, is the thing I'm doing going to get me where I want to go the fastest? I'm like, well, that's not going to get me there, but this will. So I lean into the thing that's going to help me get to the goal. So I think it's all, the building of the business isn't the goal. Like for this studio, um, getting it to a certain dollar amount every single month isn't the goal. I have a goal where if this becomes successful, it will help me plateau to where I really want to go. Make sense? So it's, I think, one, you have to be really, really clear on what your goal is. Is this thing going to help me get there? If it is, well, let's figure this thing out. So it's because it's going to be a vehicle that's going to help me get there. If not, then it's like, all right, well, I'm going in a whole nother direction. It might be time for me to put this down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, I've had a business that I don't, I won't necessarily say I quit on, but I laid it to bed because I evolved beyond it. So I owned, um, I owned some clothing stores and at the time that I owned my clothing stores in the beginning, you know, doing very, very well. And I was still doing well when I decided that I was, I had evolved beyond it and the industry also evolved beyond my model. So I owned women's clothing stores. Instagram became a thing and Instagram boutiques, selling clothes through boutiques became a thing too. And now people want to, you know, order online and they want things shipped to them. And so they don't want to drive to the store. And I was in a high traffic area and I just had to ask myself, um, number one, it, it wasn't really a passion. I enjoyed doing it and I made money. It was easy to do. But the, the, pain or the stress associated with trying to figure it out. For me at that time, I had evolved in a way where other things became clearer for me. And it was just simpler to choose something that was more in alignment with the way that business was growing and and evolving at that time. So um, I've not, I can't think of anything um, that I've quit abruptly except the network marketing industry, but that wasn't really my business. I just got to a place where I just had a realization, like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I stopped. But I didn't stop doing it without a plan. I didn't. I don't want to do this anymore because I'd rather be doing this. And I did that thing. Period. Mm-hmm. I think all of the nine steps that we gave kind of answers the second part to your question. Like all of those things that you you should consider before you're quitting. And based on those answers, like if you've gone to your who, you got the who's and it's still not bringing you fulfillment. It's still not working. If you've exhausted all of the possibilities and and the ways in which this could work, if this is just stressing you out to the point where it's detrimental to your health, these are all reasons that maybe 
you should quit. And then sometimes quitting doesn't mean dissolving the business. Sometimes it could look like you taking a step back and putting somebody else who's more qualified to keep trying some things, to keep tweaking and turning some knobs to make it happen. You might have to take a step back, but that doesn't mean that the whole business needs to close down. Just find somebody else who's willing to give it a couple of of tries and see what we can make happen. Yeah, yeah, I can almost pinpoint when I fell out of love with like selling t-shirts and stuff is my whole sleep is for suckers. My Instagram handle is the t-shirt brand that I built since 2010. And I, I, if you ask me what I really love doing, I would say building a t-shirt brand, right? But what happened is I'm selling these t-shirts and then I wrote a book and then I started selling a book. And I remember one week I made the same amount of money selling this book as I did t-shirts. And I said, yo, this is crazy. When someone buys a shirt, I have to get the design that they want, the shirt color, and their size. Pack it up, ship it out. So I can't like pack up and ship out everything like pre-done or whatever. Or some people are like, yo, do you have this shirt in that color? And I'm like, nah. They're like, yo, when you get that shirt in that color, let me know, I'll buy it. <laughs> but a book is everybody's size. Like I don't got to get a small, medium, large. It's a book. I ain't got to get a, a shirt, hoodie, sweat. It's a book. And I said, yo, this money's way easier. And I realized that my goal in building the t-shirt brand wasn't for my love of fashion. I was trying to make some money. And I'm like, oh, this book is a better way to make money. Less time, less stress. Let me lean into this book. And then, and then a, a, it was like an organization. They had bought like 50 books at $20 a piece. <sighs> oh. I don't know too many people that bought 50 t-shirts. And if I did, I had to get those printed. But I got these books here. And then, and then they say, yo, we're going to buy the books and we're going to pay you X amount of dollars to speak. What? Oh, the book sale comes with a speaking gig? You mean 30? They might have gave me like $4,000 or something like that. And I was floored. I said, for 45 minutes, you're going to pay me what? You know how how many t-shirts I got to sell to make $4,000? I realized my goal wasn't to sell t-shirts. My goal was to make money. And it seems like a way better way of making money and it's working. So I started leaning. I didn't like say, all right, we're shutting down the t-shirt brand. But I started leaning into the books and the speaking and the teaching and the coaching. Then it evolved to podcasting and media and production and giving information. And I said, there's a way better path to get to what I want. But if my why, if I was Dapper Dan, he probably has an affinity for fashion. Kanye West, he has like, he has a, a disdain. He has like a, a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Love? No, not love, but like, a, almost like a hate for the industry. Loathe? He loathes the industry. So he's like, yo, I got to do something about it. Disdain was a good word. Thank you. I didn't even know what it meant exactly. It just seemed like in context, disdain worked. So, Is this your leader? Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying we really got to figure out why we're doing what we're doing. And my why wasn't the love for t-shirts. So, good question. Good question. question. What you got? Then we'll we'll wrap it up after this one. Hello, everybody. My name's Tanning. Um, My question is for you. Um, We kind of talked a little bit about your upbringing and what made you start your business and everything else. But I would like to know, what was the turning point for you to start your own business? And what would be the first three steps? Well, what were the first three steps that you took? Mm. 
Um, what made me start my business was me being very clear mm -hmm. about the type of life that I desired to live. And I never felt valued and appreciated enough at work. I always felt more talented, smarter, more skilled than people who were getting paid higher than me, right? And I was always the type of employee, like, you have to work this eight-hour day. And I never understood why in the heck you have to work eight hours a day to get this little stuff done. I would be finished with work in like two or three hours and just be sitting at my desk twiddling my thumbs. But then there would be this fear that came inside of me when my supervisor or my boss would walk by and I'm doing nothing and you got to act like you're doing some work real quick. And just as a grown person, I never liked the way it felt for somebody to walk past me and I get scared. I tense up because I finished the job too fast. And I decided that the work environment or at least that work environment wasn't for me. So I tried another work environment. And it was kind of the same thing. But here now I have to ask for like permission of when to get hungry. I don't want to go to lunch at one o'clock. I don't get hungry until two. But you're telling me that if I don't go to lunch at one o'clock, I skip lunch altogether. So now I have to starve based on your rules and what you're telling me to do. I tried a different work environment. Then I go to a different work environment. My daughter is about to graduate from fifth grade. And I had to ask for permission to go to her fifth grade graduation. Mm -hmm. And when I asked my direct supervisor, they told me to see somebody over their head. This is a no-brainer for me. What do you mean I have to ask multiple people to go and see my kid graduate from fifth grade? This is a life experience. In that moment, I decided that nobody would get to determine my availability to my child or my quality of life for myself and my family. And even though entrepreneurship has been in me since I was a little girl, it became very clear that that was the only option. I had to build something and I had to build something on my terms and begin to start living life by design. I paid attention to the people who I actually admired, like in terms of lifestyle. And when I looked at the people that I actually admired in terms of lifestyle, none of them were slaving away at a nine to five and none of them had to ask for permission to show up for their children. Mm -hmm. My boss didn't have to ask for permission to show up for their children, but I did. So it had to be for me. So number one, um, entrepreneurship is not a lane for everybody. This is really something that I'm built for this. It's a burning desire. I would die a miserable woman if I never pursued entrepreneurship. So number one, asking yourself, if this is this really for me, right? Some people are saying, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur because I hate my job. Well, maybe try a different job. Do you, do you find fulfillment in any job? And if you feel like you have this idea, you have this ingenuity, and you just want to try it, then do it. The first step is to start. Think about what that looks like for you and, and then start. And then the second step would probably be to invest in things, put yourself in a surrounding where you can get better at being an entrepreneur, better at the service that you provide or better at creating the product that you offer? How do I become better and really start studying the, the back office, so to speak, of being an entrepreneur and not just that skill set and evolving and becoming an entrepreneur? Um, and then the third would just be to repeat. It's, it's a repeat cycle. It's repeat connecting your desire or your passion to the thing that you're doing 
and growing and getting better at it over and over and over again. But if you desire to be an entrepreneur, you know, you, you try it. And if you find out that you like it, then you actually do it. There's a difference between trying and doing it. Try it. You don't have to step out and be super CEO. You're not going to step out and, and be super skilled, understanding that you're going to evolve as an entrepreneur, understanding that the first try for you might look crappy. I sent David a screenshot just yesterday, I think it was, notes from 2014 when I finally quit my job. I hadn't worked since uh, in corporate since 2014. And I think it was my speaker fees. And I remember looking at these speaker fees. I was searching for something through my notes on my phone. That's funny. Let me look at it. Yeah, that's what I'm about <laughs> to pull up right now. I was searching through something in my notes on my phone and I came up with, oh, okay. I sent him something from August. I sent him two things. Number one, August, July, 2017. This is three years after I quit my job. My speaking fees, $150 an hour with the two-hour minimum. That's a two-hour minimum. $500 for four-hour events. My day rate was $1,000. You couldn't pay me $1,000 to get on the stage today. But this is where I was at that time. Did I want to command T.D. Jakes' $100,000 speaker fee? Absolutely. But who I was when I was trying it is very different now than who I am now that I am doing it. Right. So hopefully that answered your question because I now went you forgot the, you forgot my favorite part. Travel expenses covered. Yeah. All I can imagine. <laughs> yo, and I can imagine like when she's adding that to it, it's like, all right, thousand dollars. They got to pay my travel, too. They got to be like travel too. And let me tell you something. It evolves. So mm -hmm. when I was leaving my job. In 2014, I tried to leave my job a couple of times. I owned a clothing store, tried to leave my job, went back to work. And entrepreneurs, you try. And, and you, that's the difference between trying and doing. I leave my job and I'm doing all this. And speaking in 2017, three years after leaving my job, was just in addition. I just released a book. Mm -hmm. Oh, honey, I thought this was big money. You know when this was created? I just thought about this. I got in the biggest speaking gig of my life. Bishop T.D. Jakes. At Megafest. At Megafest. It was the biggest speaking platform, biggest speaking stage in the United States at that time. I printed your t-shirts for that. You printed my t-shirts. I wrote this book. I'm finding out that making book money and t-shirt money is a whole lot easier than network marketing. This is mm -hmm. when I started kind of detaching myself away from that. And now I got, I'm on stage with Bishop T.D. Jakes. Y'all got to pay me $150 an hour for two hours minimum. <laughs> TD Jakes put me on as a keynote you gotta pay me a thousand dollars for my whole day travel expenses cover what <laughs> what then almost a year later I wrote out this is the note I sent this to David to April 30th and the note that's attached to it that I wrote him said look at the date on that I've done every single thing on this list except for the salon and the barbershops and we're in the process of working on that, right? Donnie's stream of income, this note from August, April 30th, 2018. Books, uh, these are the things that I desire to do. Books, audios, speaking, coaching, events, courses, network marketing, property management, currency trading, luxury concierge services, written content creation, video content creation, staff training, motivating staff to work harder, hair salons, barbershops. That is ago. on this list. Four years ago. This was four years ago. 
Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. You talk about somebody who was all over the place, but I did every single last thing on this list. Every single last thing on this Mm -hmm. list, I've done it because I've never been afraid to try something. I've never been afraid to fail at something. I'm not going to quit on a thing. I'm going to try it and I'm going to recognize like, oh, it's not really what I want. The $150 for two hours is not what's up, right? The $1,000 for a day is not the way that I want to do it. So then, obviously, since then, we've streamlined some of the things that we've, doing, that we've done and I've connected dots. What's on this list that I want to make money from that I can position in one business? And, and I've done that. So as, a, as someone who's aspiring to be an entrepreneur, I go on a tangent because it's so important. Just try something. You may not have the total idea figured out yet. When I started in the coaching space, I'm a business coach, Right. I started in the personal co- personal development coaching space. I used to help people feel good about themselves. I helped women feel significant because we lose ourselves in children and we lose ourselves in marriage and relationships. Then I realized I was building a business and I started. people started coming to me and say, hey, I want to start a business, but I don't know what that looks like. And I would talk to them for 30 minutes. And before I knew it, I had a gift that's saying, you'd be really good at doing this. So then I started getting paid just to tell people, what kind of business to start? I'm not helping you start it. I'm not starting it with you or for you. All I know how to do is tell you what I think you should start. And as we're going through the year of doing this, people are starting businesses. And now I'm starting to get like emails and DMs of people saying, Donnie, yo, thank you for that conversation. I went and started that mechanic shop. I went and started that salon. I went and launched that course. And so then I start advertising like, okay, I can... I'm your go-to if you're if you're struggling to find an idea, I can help you do that. So now my business was to teach people how to go from A to B, not being an entrepreneur to discovering what an idea is. I ain't even guaranteeing that you're going to start. I'm just telling you what the idea could be, right? But as I'm growing and I'm evolving as an entrepreneur, I'm making more money, my business is growing. So now I'm qualified to teach you more than just what you should start. Now I can teach you from A to C how you should start, aspiring, what you should start, how you should start. I'm growing. I didn't wait. Now I teach you how to make millions of dollars. Me today. Now I teach you how to make millions of dollars. But me in 2017 didn't know how to make millions of dollars. I just knew how to tell you what kind of business you should start. I let the process be the process. I respected the journey. I started with what I knew. So if you are wanting to start a t-shirt line and the only thing you know how to do right now is come up with fantastic slogans and designs, maybe you start a business saying, hey, you want to start t-shirts, but you lack creativity. I know dope slogans and designs. That is my business. I don't produce t-shirts. I don't manufacture. I don't ship. I give you slogans and designs. The end. Start with what you know. And then as you evolve, you can add more things later. Yeah, I was just I was going back over this for uh, 2000. It's like 2018, and I was doing, and this is like a part of the process that you have to go through, right? 
2018, I was doing these these uh these coaching sessions for ninety seven dollars. I started at forty seven dollars. Look, like this is the there's a booking that I had from four <laughs> to four thirty on Tuesday, January first, two thousand nineteen. Ninety seven bucks. Yo, I started in twenty fourteen coaching for forty seven dollars. Around that time, I was ninety seven. David and I have been friends for a long time, yeah, and sure. our prices have always been congruent. What you charge for the service? What do you charge to speak? What do you charge for this? So I know we were in alignment. Ninety seven dollars, you guys. Now my clients pay anywhere from thirty two thousand to a hundred thousand dollars to work with me. I started at forty seven dollars, and I think people miss that particular step. Like, yo, you before that it was yo, take me to lunch. Yeah. Before that, what? Come on, man. That's why you hear us on the podcast often like, got a couple lunch dollars on it. (laughs) Because we like to eat. Take me to do something I enjoy doing. So watch this. I'm doing, I'm I'm, I'm taking, I'm letting people take me to lunch to Mm -hmm. pick my brain in 2000, this had to be 2000, I left 2012, 2013-ish. I'm like, at first, I'm like, yo, come to the kiosk. We're like, yo, you left your job, man. How'd you build out your t-shirt brand? This end of 2012, 2013. I'm like, yo, I'm and I'm advertising this. I'm like, come to the kiosk, buy a shirt. I'll coach you. Just buy a shirt. Like, just buy something mm-hmm. and I'll coach you, you all did. day. And then it got so overwhelming because people were just coming and they wouldn't buy the shirt. <laughs> like, just come and talk to me, which was cool. But then I'm like, all right, you got to take me to lunch. And I... You all the game you need. And uh, which, and it wasn't a high level. It was like Maggiano's or Cheesecake Factory where maybe it's 47 bucks, $40 a, day, a lunch or whatever. And then going to $97 coaching and kind of now what we're doing. But people don't understand from 2010 to 2012, I'm building this t-shirt business for two years. I'm just trying to build something. And because of that work, well, before that, I'm doing network marketing business. I'm selling all kinds of stuff. Everything. I'm painting t-shirts in college. All these years to get this information that I got, take me to lunch. But people don't want to go build something and like learn, know something to be true. In this t-shirt business, there's some things that I know to be true because I've did it and I've, I've spent so much time in the space. Yeah. But we don't want to do that. We just want to teach and inspire and coach people. And give people a word and give them some bars. But we don't want to go through all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right? At the workshop, I just showed y'all the whole journey when I started my YouTube channel in 2010. The first dollar was 2020 or 2019. Nobody wants to do that, though. Mm. I'm just telling you, and I want to encourage you that tomorrow is coming. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow is coming. Next year is coming. Three years from now is coming. And if you'd have had this mindset three years ago, like I'm just going to grind for the next three years, now you'd have something to sell. You'd have something to offer, something to teach somebody. But we got to grind. We got to start now. Don't start comparing yourself to people that you see on social media who had their first year in business and they made X amount of dollars. Don't compare yourself to that. Let's just go get our own wins. Yeah. So And realize, you guys, that the people that we're seeing share these stories of like, I made a million dollars in my first year in business, or I, I even made a hundred thousand dollars in my first year in business. That's not the norm. 
I didn't make $100,000 my first year. Yeah, we don't know the story. Yeah, and we don't know the story. I didn't make $100,000 my first year in business. I was clawing myself out of a hole on the backside of foreclosures, repossessions, losing all my money from, you know, the recession at that time. I didn't make $100,000 for a few years into my business. And you don't ever know the story. You don't know the head start, the funding, the financing, the loans. You don't know who they had access to, Mm -hmm. if their family was, you know, someone already super qualified to put them on and the connections that they had. You don't know. So don't be afraid to go out and have your first $18,000 year. You make $18,000 from your own idea. That is huge. Celebrate that. Don't be afraid to grow in the next year. You have a $22,000 year. You might not be ready to quit your job yet, but celebrate that from your own idea, you made $22,000. And if you get into that attitude of gratitude, if you respect the journey and don't be afraid to look less than what Mm. other people are doing, don't be afraid to look like you don't know, just start. Start at the bottom. Work out of the basement. Work from the driveway on the cars. Manufacture your shirts from the extra room in your house. Mm -hmm. Whatever that looks like for you, do it. Respect the $18,000 the same way you're going to respect the $100,000. Be grateful for the journey and the process. And I promise you, you you can't not get the result that you want following the principles that we taught today. You just can't. You cannot not run into success even if you feel like it's accidental, you will accidentally run into success mm-hmm. following the principles that we teach. Just do it. You got to start. Fact. That's a fact. Listen, man, if you are not subscribed, everybody, are y'all subscribed to our YouTube channel and our no. podcast? Let no. Let me see. Let me, right here in the hoodie, right up front. Hit that YouTube. You're not Social proof. You? Look on YouTube. Subscribe. Go to, go to your, wherever you listen to podcasts, type in social proof and hit the follow at the top right hand corner okay on spotify apple just subscribe okay that would that supports us more than you know also um this episode is sponsored by the morning meetup the morning meetup.com is the only organization that gathers every single day monday through friday to teach entrepreneurs how to entrepreneur it is the biggest best most amazing fruitful community that you'll ever be a part of hundreds of people on a call every single day and we have a theme for the month and we're teaching on the theme. We're learning the theme. The theme today, this month, is how to make money. Every day, Monday through Friday, we're teaching you how to make money. And people are being inspired and motivated and learning the, 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 the tricks of the trade on how to make more money in their business. Today, we had a gentleman talking about the holes in the boat. So we got, the, we got a boat of finances, but there's holes everywhere. and We can't keep any money. So if you were on today's call, then you would understand, yo, this is how I'm going to patch some of the holes in our boat. Or you can join and listen to all the recordings that we had since 2017. No lack of information, okay? So go to themorningmeetup.com and send me a text message, 404-737-4935. This episode is also brought to you by Six Figure EDU. I wish we had somebody pulling up in the back. Like, the... Where did Mark how, go, Do man? you see how rude he is? Where did Mark go? Did I cut you off? I know, but I just thought about it. I'm thinking about you too, because they could pull. It's mine is over. They could pull out oh. six figure edu. Yeah, well, whatever. This episode is also brought to you by Six Figure Edu. That is the word S I X Figure Edu dot com. Mine is going to play music, so you don't have to do it. Um, anywho, you it can might not even six, hear the music. It'll be it'll be a that's good a visual. Fact. Six Figure Edu dot com. 
Uh, you guys, I develop coaches, consultants, and course creators from scratch. That is my signature program uh, for co coaches, course creators, and consultants. Now, you may say, Donnie, what if I'm not a coach? What if I'm not a course creator? What if I'm not a consultant? Can you still help me in my business? I can, but you still go to that same link, sixfigureedu.com. Go through the process. Yeah, this whole screen. And we use it all episodes. We didn't like, use I it. Wonder. You see, that's me. Cool all you got to do is enter your email address. Click that little link. I require that you watch a little training video. You want me to help you? You got to put some skin in the game. Watch that very quick cool video. Scroll. Book a call with me. And we will help you figure oh. out how I can help you and what you should do next. All right? No, 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 no. Because you got to go straight to the training. This is very strategic. That's okay. why we make the big bucks. All right? <laughs> Sixfigureedu.com. And lastly, you heard David talking about taking lunch to pick his brain. Well, we don't do that anymore. So, but we, we do, do, do allow something. you. We do do something. We do something. We do allow you to pick our brains. Me and David together, you get to tag team both of our entrepreneurial brains. Oh, snap! At the same time, that's us, y'all. That is us. This looks really good. Scroll just a little How's bit. How does it look on the camera? How does it look? Does that look good? I like that. That's cool. You ain't feeling it, Ruth? I mean, okay, whatever. Scroll a little bit. This is us. This is us. And it, look, business coaching session broadcast live on YouTube. Exposure for your brand in front of thousands of people. Attract new customers and potential investors instantly. How, do, how fast do you attract them? Instantly. instantly get the clarity you need to take your business to the next level brainpickerpodcast.com is for entrepreneurs who are looking to start develop or scale your business concept and if you scroll down here you'll see all of the brain picker podcast clients that we've had up here and all of them have had a major transformation in their business from the opportunity to sit and pick me and david's brain so if you want to do that we don't take lunch anymore I mean, we will take lunch. Sometimes. You just Depends on the day. You, you won't pick our brains for lunch. Brainpickerpodcast.com. Brainpickerpodcast.com. Look is. at us! This Don't we look good? We, see, we I'm should going have, back to the Bob. I'm definitely activity. going to the Bob. This would be good. And, and next, we'll have like somebody specifically on the camera to kind of go into, or we'll switch it on the board. I don't know. We're going to do something. So but. here's the thing. I'm going to watch this when it drops. But I just feel like we should have something scrolling in our background, kind of like CNN's headlines yeah. kind of do that. Yeah. I feel like this is our thing now. This is cool. This is cool. Now we're going back to the studio. I know, but can we, you know what I mean? We'd have to have a green screen. Let's get it. Let's do it. Like, Make sure y'all subscribe can. to the podcast. <laughs> They're like, yo, is it over? Yeah. It Thank you so much. Guys. We appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs>
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.